Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and to be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you MVP. Maybe, you know, just fuck it. We'll just go in next year and just not think that anymore and just win this thing. No, we love that. We love going without a point in, in three days for sure. Not even close. And then last year, they, they gave Vizna to somebody else. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. It is the Department of Discipline. We're rolling. We are going. We are live. And uh, we are into December. I don't know what's going on at the Rose Hill House. There's been some heated discussion about when the right time for your Christmas lights to go up is. Jay, how are you and do you have your Christmas lights up most importantly? I've got them up. I flick them on and they come on. So that's not really an issue. It's more my wife buying stuff, putting it on the outside of the house, adding to things we already have. That's more of the discussion. When it happens... I don't care. There's not a whole lot to get excited about in the wintertime besides hockey and Christmas cheer. Why not? I'm, I'm not a guy that gets mad when I see it too early. I like Christmas. Fair. So am I understanding that you have the ones built in and you just flick them on and they stay up year round? Yes. That is savvy. It see, is. That's a move. Well, the, I had them for about two years. Two years ago, taking them down almost died. <laughs> So all of a sudden, everyone was a little more open to leaving them up year round. <laughs> Seriously, it was uh, it, it was a little bit shady. So I said, we're getting the ones I don't have to dick with, and they've been worth their weight in gold so far. My wife's from Australia, and they don't really have much in the way of winter where she's from in the northern part where it's super hot even in the winter. And so she just like goes nuts over it because she yeah. never has it a kid. And all they saw was these movies about Christmas and winter and snowflakes. So now that she's in it, she's like, it's after Remembrance Day. I'm like, it's not even December. She's like, what do you mean December? We need at least a month. And I'm like, well, they're going to stay up until January. Some really interesting conversations around my house. Shame I didn't have a microphone. Okay, after Remembrance <laughs> Day, I can do after Halloween. Let, let's That's too soon. Give it a, give it a couple and, of weeks. See, and here's the thing. In the States, now we're both in Canada, but a lot of our viewers and our listeners are in the US of A. What is the protocol? Are, is it too early to have them up during American Thanksgiving? Because we just got through that. Is it part of the holidays? You as a player would know more about American Thanksgiving than most Canadians because travel's a nightmare there. You don't travel to the U.S. in late November for the worst days in the airports if you're Canadian. But almost all NHL players spend their American Thanksgiving in the States because they're such huge draws. You get crazy games. We saw all kinds of scraps and rowdy crowds. It was a great week of Thanksgiving hockey in the States. So you would have experienced a bunch, I imagine, with Toronto and Philly. 
Yeah, you bet. Playing down south, they make a big deal about Thanksgiving. And yeah. it's, it's cool. I mean, it's I think I think it's more essential to see your family and fly across the country and get a big dinner going as a extended family to do that during Thanksgiving more so than Christmas, I yeah. think, which is backwards for us. Totally. But the timing of it after American Thanksgiving, whammy. Let's go hard on Christmas. Maybe yes. that should be the standard right there. American Thanksgiving over. Let's go Christmas. So we're going from like the uh, the pumpkin latte into the like candy cane coffee drinks for for our wives. I'm sure that's what they're. <laughs> that's doing. what you're into, Pinder. <laughs> Not me. Just black coffee. I'm boring as shit. Maybe Americano. Just a really basic bitch in your UGG boots, eh? Not quite. No, Converse high tops. Okay, news of the week. Welcome to it. Sorry for the sidetracking. We're trying to sort out our Christmas lights here. Sorry, folks. We are recording, Jack. We're recording. Okay, good. Uh, Jacob Truba. Got away with one, I think, Jay. It is Rangers. It is Bruins. Original six matchup. I believe, are we at MSG? We are at MSG, the Temple. The greatest arena in sport, some say. Tied up in front of the net, Truba. A whack right on the helmet of Fred, uh, Trent Frederick. Excuse me, not Fred Frederick. Trent Frederick, Fred Trentrick. It's it's ugly, man. You you can't do that, man. We were talking about it. And so this is happening on the weekend. We're watching hockey, and it's like, whoa, they missed one there. Almost immediately, like really quickly, we found out it was a suspension and not, excuse me, a fine and not a suspension. The 5,000 and change, maximum allowable under the CBA, da, 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 da. not a suspension, which was like, whoa, what are we doing here? There's no penalty on the play. Yeah, I think they just, I th- they must have missed it, but it's, it, he's fallen backwards, he's getting his balance, but then you can clearly see he follows through and says, ah, screw it, I'm just going to totally. take a little frustration on this guy. Yeah. As soon as he did it, I'm sure he was like, oh boy, and his comments afterwards were like, I deserve the fine, shouldn't have done it, glad he's not hurt, lost my mind for a second, got to be better. But the thing is with me is, anytime the NHL decides not to suspend somebody. I'm all for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're a guy that would have been in that lane. Yeah. Fine with me, but the inconsistency, I mean, we were going back and looking at, you know, Malkin's done this. Austin Matthews Austin had one Matthews in the outdoor game. did that. Cross check to the neck, a little different, but similar. And here's one to watch the Malkin one. You mentioned it's, it's of course they're not the same, but he's frustrated. There's a, there might be a little more intent at the start of that, but I agreed with your assessment of, of Truba. He's falling backwards, but halfway through he says, well, if I'm going to swing, I may as well aim this thing. The, the, he knows. The second half of the swing, the thing speeds right. up and gets Where, a little weight behind Whereas it. the Malkin one, it's right from the beginning. He's like, this guy's pissing me off. I'm just going to look the other way and swing my hand blindly. And that's they're both dangerous. And you think about what could happen if the stick of Truba doesn't hit the helmet, a piece of protective equipment on Frederick, and it hits him in the neck. It's like, oh boy, like all for what? Like it's, it's a pretty pablum tie up at the side of the net, like meaningless. This isn't a heated, like you cross check my guy. Like, what are you doing here? Troops? You're a captain in this league. So is that worse than heat of the moment guy went after your player? He's pissed off and he swings a stick at a guy's head. Is that, is that better? Would you think? I'm not saying it's, it's great to swing your stick at anyone's head, but at least I'd understand if it's like, well, he just went red. He saw red, he blacked out and he did something stupid. I'm I'm not excusing it, but I'd understand it more. Like they're in a three, three game there. They got top team in the Atlantic top team in the match. I believe when that game got played Saturday morning, which was a doozy by the way. And it's like, you're going to do what in a meaningless play that like they should have gone down to a penalty kill. He should have been done for the game. He's their captain and one of their more important defensemen. Adam Fox is now back. I get it. But 
that's just a dumb decision. If if someone's like run over Panarin and he's like, you're going to have to peel him off the ice and put him on a stretcher. I just understand the circumstance a little more. Like you said, he's fallen back. He's got the momentum. Maybe the guy gave him a little push and just, you lose your, you lose your shit for two seconds. Like you just kind of forget what you're doing and you, you follow through, you know, like you're messing around with your little brother and you accidentally, oh man. And then he starts crying. You go, oh boy, that was too much. And mom's coming, but mom never came for true. No. Little slap on the wrist. Like I remember back when I was playing Sean Thornton, he kind of jumped on some guy, piled on him, gave him a couple shots in the face with his glove on yeah. and people were talking assault, arrest the man, blah, blah, blah. You're wearing a padded glove. Yeah. You know, I could take a, a hockey glove right now and give you a shot and you'd be like, okay, that's pretty annoying. But swinging a hockey stick at a guy's face, you got your eyes, bust your teeth all to hell, break up your nose. It's bloody dangerous. Yeah. They're throwing the book at a guy like Thornton because he's Thornton for giving a shot with a padded glove. And then guys are swinging Matthews, Malkin, Truba. What's the pattern here? They're all kind of guys that don't really, you would think, drop their gloves to, you know, deal with anything Truba like that. Does. I'm going to swing my stick at a guy's head. I don't like it. Didn't like it. And then the other thing is when this happens, people always are very, very aware and sensitive to what market is it. Because everyone thinks this league's out to get their team. And I think that's just part of the DNA of being a fan. It's like, oh, that's that's because it's the Leafs. Or no, it's the Rangers. That's where the league offices are. And like, oh, it's just we're a small market team. That's why they want the bigger market team to move on in the playoffs. And I kind of go back to that. I think it was 2011 when it was Boston-Vancouver in the Stanley Cup final. And Mason Raymond got his neck broken with a cross check. Yeah. And it was like maybe a game. Uh, one of the Bruins' dads was running Department of Player Safety or high up in the league. It was obviously Campbell. Yeah. Gregory was playing for the Bruins and Coley was working for the league. And so there's the everyone wants to tie it into a conspiracy theory. And then, of course, there was another play. One of the, it was at Alberts. It was one of the defensemen for Vancouver got suspended three games in that final as well against Boston. And it, it doesn't take much in a, a hotly contested seven game series, but everyone wants to feel like their team is the victim of the league and their conspiracies. Like, it's kind of like when you ask people about the draft lottery. Most people are like, oh, yeah, like that's fixed. We, we knew that Bedard was going to go to Chicago. Like people speak about a conspiracy as if it's a fact. And I feel like this happening to the New York Rangers on Broadway, where the league offices are, where it's great for the league financially that the Rangers are doing well. I don't think there's a conspiracy here. I think fans love to moan about it when it doesn't happen to the Rangers in the, in the case of this, what should have been a suspension in my mind. Yeah. I don't know. I don't subscribe to that too hard with the, you know, I, I follow the Leafs pretty closely and they, well, and they, you see the fans though, right? Oh, you see Twitter, you see what happens. hundred percent. They, they, it, the fans do it. I just don't think it's, it's real. I think when you're following something under a microscope, you're going to notice all the times they're going to stand out in your mind. But where I think there is some injustices, it depends on like what's going on socially, what's going on with the league. Has the league been in hot water lately? Are they paying attention? Is there a million things going on or is it a slow day in, in the league? And then it depends on, you know, how much media coverage the, the incident gets. And yep. I don't like that. Cause I just want some consistency. You swing your stick at a guy's head and it hits it. 
boom, that's two. That's that's pretty obvious. Or you do X, you do Y, keep it consistent. But this guy gets fined. This guy doesn't even get a penalty for it. This guy gets three games. This guy gets one. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating when you're sitting there not having a clue what's going to happen from incident to incident. I'd like some consistency in the NHL. We can watch videos and disagree. You can bring a fan from this market and that market and ask them to interpret the same play. There's not a lot of agreement. The one thing everyone will agree on there needs to be more consistency with the Department of Player Safety. And I wonder if you were running the league or in the league office and you walk past George Peros's desk after seeing that and thinking, you know, we've seen some four gamers this year. We've seen some significant, and they're, they're not incredibly dirty. It's not anything where this game was 15, 20 years ago. But for this to get nothing does feel out of uh, sync with what we've seen this year, especially given that it's the stick. And in this league, whether there's intent or not, you're responsible for where your stick goes. You know, the high sticking is not an intent penalty. If there's blood, we add more. Like, your job is to be in control of your stick no matter what. And you slipped, your stick goes flying, you cut someone, total not intent. Doesn't matter. Intent is not part of the formula. You got, you're responsible for your stick. This was just a blatant missed call by the officials followed up by a lack of suspension by the league where I thought at least one would have made sense. Now, I, I get what you're saying. I don't, anytime there's no suspension, you're okay. But you want these things to match. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with me. I'd like some consistency. I want it to be obvious. I don't like it when a guy did something and he goes, I don't know if they're going to throw the book at me or I'm going to get off scot-free. You should know. And by no stretch, the imagination is that job an easy job, the one of George Peros right now. But you'd like to think that there's a standard that they're going to they're gonna follow for the most part. I always hope the standard is on leniency. Let the guys play as usually my ethos. But when you're swinging sticks at guys' heads, it seems like, isn't that kind of an obvious one here, guys, to crack down? And so I'm surprised that it was that type of a play that uh, they got the benefit of the doubt. But if you don't want that stuff creeping into the, the game, you should crack down on it. And they certainly didn't this time. An easy win for the league. They miss. And win might be a little strong, but if you wanted to send a message that's the right message, which is don't swing your sticks at people's head, opportunity missed. But this league wouldn't miss like easy two-foot putts at all. They wouldn't miss. Uh, To Marc-Andre Fleury and the mask he wanted to wear, I want to read this to make sure I get it 100% right because we're kind of calling out the league for for not, um, you know, having a clue what's going on. It was a Native American Heritage Night or something along those lines for the Minnesota Wild. Mark Underfroy plays for the Wild. He has a Native American artist design a mask for him. He's got quotes from his father on the back, his kids' names on the mask. His wife, I believe, uh, has Native American heritage. This is a big thing for Mark Andre Fleury. And it's, the com- it's a community that the Wild are trying to shine a light on and say, hey, these are people in our community we're proud of. Let's have a great night and celebrate these people that are hockey fans too. And somehow, some way, the NHL was in a spot where they said, you can't wear it, you're, you're going to get a fine. And the team, if, if you do break what we're telling you not to do and go ahead and wear it, they're going to get a fine. And I believe when all the dust settles, there won't be any fines, but it just highlights again how a really, really simple, positive gesture that was a good news story for the NHL, they fucked up. 
they've shot themselves in the foot and it goes back to, you know, the pride nights and the this and that. Well, we're going to jump on the latest trend of society and we're going to jam this pride stuff down your throat. Nobody really in the hockey world that watches seemed to like it. There was some pushback. Okay, we're going to get rid of that, but we're going to ban it entirely. So now you're not even allowed to do it. So then someone does want to do it. And it's, again, your choice. If you want to do something, do it. Don't force everyone to wear a pride jersey. Some people might not want to. Don't say that you're not allowed to wear pride tape if somebody wants to. Again, the NHL can't get out of their own way. Stay out of that shit. No one wants to be told what they can and can't do. Let them decide for themselves. Don't have these big fiascos where you're you're, you're going to have one side of the aisle or the other mad at you, furious with you. Stay out of the fucking way. You are a sports team do sports mark andre like they already set the precedent with the pride tape do you think anyone had a a problem with mark andre fleury actually wearing that mask no yeah. but they've already set a precedence with the pride tape into this and they go well we gotta we gotta stand behind what we said so don't do anything mark andre was just gonna wear it and warm up anyway take the fine i don't give a shit he got the thing made up how much does that cost he's yeah. got it he's proud of it he's gonna have it on his mantle he'd like to have a picture of him wearing it in a game no you can't ah screw you i'm gonna do it anyway and i'll pay the five grand let a guy have pride tape if he wants to let a guy honor his family with a mask if you want to you screwed yourselves by getting involved you're a hockey league stay out of the political bullshit and if you're gonna have a slogan that says hockey's for everyone and you want to really push hard on that when you get pushback don't oversteer the other way exactly like it's just you got to make up your mind if you're the nhl you can't have a position where no one's allowed to support causes and your slogan is hockey for everyone and if you are going to say hockey's for everyone and you want to make pride an initiative that's in all 32 markets and that you care about don't buckle when there's pushback on it. Like pick your side. Don't overreact each way. Or to your point, don't tell people what to do. I become, as I'm getting older, I feel like more libertarian, which is, is, is not to say left versus right. It's just like, like stop people from committing crimes, underline what's not acceptable, but don't tell people what tape they can or can't use, what jersey they can't, what causes they can or can't. Like let these teams do what they do in their communities to sell tickets and to endear themselves to their fans. Yes, and it seems like they had an intern coming out of Berkeley at the reins of the promotional sure. part and, of the league come out and make this pride thing. Yeah. And then, the, and then the, the big honcho sees it. He's got a cigar hanging on. He's a 70-year-old man. And he comes, he goes, what is this bullshit? No more of it. Yeah. None whatsoever. And it's like, geez, man, like, can you have some conversations? What do we want to be? Where do we want to be? Yeah. How about right in the middle how about off the page entirely don't be involved in it some kid wants to wear pride tape away you go right on. but not every person who has a religious thought or anything else you go no you gotta wear this damn thing like just stay out of it man how hard is that and what the nfl's done look if you want to talk about just the pr they're always military 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 they want nothing to do with pride and and that's a pr decision from them and to be fair in the markets for the fans that they have it served them well they grow they don't get in hot water they have the biggest revenues of any pro sports league in the world i'm not saying that's the way to do it but one way that they get around picking and choosing what is and isn't a cause is they say players on this week it's your cause your cleats design your shoes, put them up for auction, let that money go to the cause you're supporting and get some artwork done on your cleats. And every player now has a voice. You also see on the back of their jerseys or their helmets, excuse me, there's a little rubber on the back of their helmets. They can have a cause that they say, whether that's about 
you know, whether it's someone from the black community that feels like we need to shed a light on that, on an issue of violence with police officers, or whether it's an issue of, you know, supporting veterans that are, when they come, whatever cause it is, it's yours, go. But the, the NFL isn't going to say, here is how we feel on this issue. Everyone fight now. Yeah. They've, they've somehow done a good job of that. And I think the cleats is a nice way to also allow wiggle room for the players to do their thing. It's better for sure. Like let them guide themselves on what they feel strongly about. But in this day and age, how do you expect to pigeonhole absolutely everyone into one thing and not have any no. pushback, whether Everyone's it's from the fans outraged. or the yeah. players or whatever, you know, who does it well, the PGA tour, those, that, that organization gives more money to charity than it's astronomical how much money they bring in. Players have their own causes. You wear things on your hat, blah, blah. And it's never polarizing. It's always a feel-good thing. It's always positive. And when you bring in these other things that are polarizing and then flavor of the week socially, you're just looking for trouble. And I honestly wish these leagues would stay out of it. Don't force your opinion one way or the other. Like you said, left, right, I don't care. Stop forcing your ideology on everyone as if everyone's going to be involved with that. Either focus on just positivity, charity, helping out kids, like who's against that, or else just let the guys decide for themselves. We do have a good news story from the NHL. In fact, uh, NHL officials are involved. Let's go to last week, Flames in Nashville, uh, the former first-rounder Michael McCarron, who was a Hab, is now a Predator. Dennis Gilbert, the Buffalonian for Calgary, he's fighting a ton. Doesn't play a lot, but he fights a ton, Jay. And let's watch this thing go as uh, McCarron is a big man, and Gilbert, who pretty much fights to stay in the lineup in Calgary, go out of here. The clock are dropped. McCarron and Gilbert on Thanksgiving Eve, going toe-to-toe. Karen trying to get the left arm free. Gilbert tried to go with an uppercut right. McCarron's got the reach on him. McCarron backing up, trying to get some leverage. Gilbert's helmet is off. Uppercut by McCarron, then an overhand right. Gilbert coming back with a right. And they're going to step in on it. Oh, they're, oh, they're back tall. They're letting him keep going here. Oh, then. It looked like it was over, yeah. then it's not. And the crowd warm. A body they shot there by McCarron. Overhand ride. Mace, you got a good view of this. These two guys going toe-to-toe -to -toe right now. And they're wrestling takedown for the exclamation point. Yeah, spirited scrap. They're both looking for, you know, ways. They're jostling like crazy. They're trying to get free. They're not standing there content. And it's a nice spirited scrap. Nothing lands too hard. One guy's got his helmet off. Gilbert, I can't stand that. One guy's got a full helmet with a visor on. You try to get that off as quick as possible. But Lineys are letting them go. Lineys are doing their job. Phenomenal job. And at the very end, you'll notice Gilbert's falling back. Linesman's right there paying attention. Understands what's going on. Not interfering. It's not about him. Gilbert falls back and <laughs> Liney jumps to his knee. Saves his head from hitting the ice. Heads up move. Fantastic. I mean... The linesmen, they don't get enough credit. Sometimes they might jump in a little bit early, but very rarely. Most of the time, they do a phenomenal job in those scraps, and uh, hats off to them for it. Okay, so I want to go from your perspective as a fighter. Let's go watch that fight again. It's rolling in studio here. You don't have to watch the fight, but I want you to just talk about the role of the linesmen, what they're looking for. And as fighters, are you told how they're going to officiate a fight? Like, is there a, hey, when two guys fight, here's how the linesmen are going to approach it? Not at all. You have no idea what they're going to do. You just you just figure it out as you go through your career. But, you know, when two guys are willing and they're two combatants and it's it's not uneven and, and they're they're rocking and rolling, stay out of the way, stay close. 
it's just they need to get in there for when it's over when one guy's vulnerable you don't want the other guy to be free and throwing and when they end up the fight ends when they're on their feet too it's tough because you got to jump in there you don't want to get punched yourself you don't want to take away one guy's hands and leave the other guys open for you know that's the worst thing that could happen is a guy gets a couple shots breaks his nose whatever while his hands are tied up by a linesman again they do a phenomenal job and you just got to assume that they're going to do their job you can't be thinking about what the linesmen are going to do when you're in the middle of a bare knuckle scrap but uh there's no real better example of a heads up play of a guy that knows what he's doing than right here where he you know just gets his hand under there and prevents his head from bouncing off the ice which is never something you want to see so i believe that's tyson baker the linesman who gets his hand under the head of gilbert protecting it from a hard whack on the ice he might still let a bop but he certainly softened the blow the linesmen don't call penalties they, they do have the authority i believe to call a major at least to huddle up and advise a referee but that's not their job it's basically icings offsides and dealing with fights little things like that do you feel things are less confrontational between players and linesmen versus players and refs or is it like all those zebras are the same I'm mad at all the zebras tonight. Hmm. I think you know the names and the personalities of the refs more often. Sure. They're the ones talking to you after the whistle. They're the ones that go talk to the bench if there's something going on. Yeah. They're more animated. They have more personality, even though they're not supposed to. You just mm-hmm. get to know them over the years, right? And and how they act and how they behave. And sometimes a ref will have a tendency to just stick it right up your ass if you beak off a little bit. It's like, whoa, don't be don't be getting on Koharski, man. You know that he'll put your team down if you piss him off, kind of thing. And you know, tread lightly around this guy and they get their little shticks and you understand how they ref a game and everyone's got their own styles and that's got to be expected. It's a human element to it. But with the linesmen, I mean, they'll take some heat if a defenseman thinks he touched it for an icing and he did and vice versa. If a guy's offside or onside, if if he's in the way when you're trying to dump the puck, you could cuss out a linesman. I never did that. I always kind of respected linesmen. You rely on them like you see in those in those scraps sometimes. Uh, the odd time they'll jump into a fight a little bit too early and the guys aren't done or the guys didn't get what they wanted or there's no reason to jump in. That was happening a little bit of that era we're talking about five, six years ago where they're just shutting down everything. I mean, the cameras are panning off to the crowd doing the doing the funky chicken while there's a scrap on, drives people bananas, especially up here when you're watching with a blue-collar crowd. The scrap's on, everyone's excited, and they're, they're doing the friggin' smiley dance on the Jumbotron or something. I'm glad they've gotten away from that a little bit, but the lineys are pretty solid at letting the guys do their thing and then just being there to intervene at the right time. It's a skill. And, you know, oftentimes they're looking for guys that have played the game, that have been part of it. So you kind of know when you have a little bit of feel to it and you understand what's happening in front of you. And I imagine when you're fighting and it's like, okay, sometimes we're like, okay, the fight either ends here or they're like, they catch their breath and keep going. Communication with the lines has got to be key. And we've seen it already in some fights we played on the show earlier the year where you're like, you say, no, no, no. Like, wait, give me a second. Like, I feel like that ability to communicate with them is, is important as well. Yeah. Like in scraps where there's some guys that like to go forever, like a cam Jansen, for example, he will let you kill yourself and wind yourself empty at the, the beginning, yeah. empty the tank, your gas. And then he comes on strong. So many of cam Jansen's fights, he's yelling at the linesman. No, no, I'm not Leave done. And usually they kind of respect that. Lots of times if they do jump in late, Jansen's rattled. Cause he's like, I didn't get a chance to go. And he's already down in the fight. He's let the guy throw and he's held on, held into his, his energy and his breath only to come back late in the fight and, and kind of get the win. But I remember I was a guy that liked to get hard off the bat early, try to get this thing locked up right at the beginning. 
And if the guy holds on and hangs on and has wind left and I'm completely gassed and the guy's calling him off, sometimes I'm looking at the line like this. Come on now. It goes both ways. But again, the amount of scraps that are out there and the amount of different ways it can go, I really think that the linesmen do a fantastic job, especially in the NHL. Ties in with our sponsor, Crown Royal. Uh, This week's generous guy, Tyson Baker, the linesman. Great job, Tyson. Doing it well out there. I know a couple of lineys in the league now. And uh, like I said, they're taking former players and putting them into the league. And uh, it's good to see guys stand out for the right reasons. Tyson Baker, raise a glass. He is our Crown Royal generous guy. Crown Royal, crown everything. Nice to see some some good PR for the Zebras out there. Right? How about that positivity coming yes. out of this pod? That's what it's We're all about right there. not just grumpy old dads <laughs> bitching about everything. I mean... Most of the time we are, but look at that. We just did one that wasn't. We can go both ways, folks. After the Blackhawks waved Corey Perry, the veteran, now apologizing. Cassie Carlson is here now with all the details. Cassie, what do you say? Yeah, guys, two days ago, Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson said Perry was weighed for unacceptable conduct after an internal investigation into a workplace matter. They found he violated his contract and organizational policies. Today, Corey Perry released a statement apologizing to the organization, his teammates, and fans. Perry's statement reads in part, I am sickened by the impact this has had on others, and I want to make it clear that in no way did this situation involve any of my teammates or their families. My behavior was inappropriate and wrong. Perry also said he is seeking help from experts to address struggles with alcohol. Davidson also stressed the incident didn't involve any player's family, saying that anything that suggests otherwise is, quote, disgusting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Remember Dylan Cousins when he didn't remember or seem to have read the lineup sheet? I do. And he scrapped Garnet Hathaway? Yes, accident. Do you think he would do that again if, if Garnet Hathaway lined up? I doubt he would. Do you think that's a really good uh, coincidental send-off for the Flyers if it's Cousins off for Hathaway? It happened again! What are we doing? And this time it happened to a guy who's not in his second, third year in the league. It's a guy who feels like he's been in the league for a decade. Here's Sam Reinhardt, who I believe is a UFA this year, having a great year. And... Who am I jostling with a friend? Another like 10 plus year guy, Brendan Dillon. What are we doing? Sam, <laughs> oh, Lord. you're better than this. Lord. And here goes Reinhardt against Dillon. Dillon throwing some punches against Reinhardt. Well, Dillon's one of those toughest guys in the league right there. 
give Reinhardt credit. He went right after him and stood up to the big, tall defenseman. Oh, my goodness. Uppercut, uppercut, uppercut. Brendan Dillon unloading. You know a guy doesn't know what he's doing when he's not even holding on, when he's burying his head and allowing this guy just to chuck. I don't know if he's a lefty or not, but he chose to hold on with his right hand and completely let go with his left, allowing this much tougher guy's right hand to just start feeding him. I can imagine the uh, one, two, three, big, big, big uppies too. Oh, man. Yikes. Yeah, man. Uh, Sam Reinhardt's having too good of a year to get himself caught in that. Hey, it happens. Seriously. But I mean, I there, he actually really ate one at the end there, went down to his knees. Hey, anytime you step up to a guy and you actually scrap, you see he could have just turtled. He could have fell on it onto his knees. We'd be talking about something else right now if that happened. Kids stood in there, yeah. took a bit of a licking. Maybe time to go grab one of the guys on his team and say, hey, if that ever happens again, what's a good way to make sure I don't uh, <laughs> yes. have my face rearranged again? Yeah, at worst, you should be fluent in seatbelt. Yeah, at <laughs> that's least. A, that's, a, that's a tongue you need to speak when you get tangled with the wrong He did guy. the opposite. I no, want to know if he's left hand. He, oh, dear. He was uh, he was playing with fire there, and uh, he, he didn't really let up on him either, man. You got to know he's uh, it's not a heavy you got in your hands there, and you are shooting to kill there. So another lesson learned by some of these guys. And like you said, not a young guy, a guy that should probably know better. And, and for Dylan, his fourth fight of the year already getting up there. We featured him on a show earlier this season when he and Evander Kane spun their buckets, took the two-minute minors and scrapped. That led to Kane's comments at the intermission. And then all of a sudden it was Kane and Woodcroft. Now there's a new coach. I mean, this is – Dylan's been uh, – he won our generous guy, I think, earlier in the season for, for some of his antics. Yeah, they're starting to see some guys get up there in the scrap department. We're seeing multiple fights in, in one game. And I'm really seeing, it doesn't really matter who it is. It doesn't have to be the toughest guy on the block. There's a big hit, a guy that runs one of the players, tractor yeah, beam from yeah. across the street. Some guy comes over and and. How's the man to the bell? Whether you like that or not, hey, it leads to more fights. It leads to guys standing up for their team. It leads to more intensity in the hockey game. So I'm all for it. Yeah. And now, just real quickly, I hypothesized and have researched six and a half million for Sam Reinhardt. It's the last year of his deal. He's a UFA. Good time for a career. He's off to a great start. He's going to get a little bit of a payday if any of this continues. Yeah. If as long as he stops picking fights with Brendan Dillon, he's going to make a lot of money. I'd give him more just because he, <laughs> yeah, well, we get, if we can get him workshopped with you all summer. For sure. Okay. But I don't for know sure. if that's the element you're buying when you go <laughs> pay Sam Reinhardt on a long term deal. From that to, uh, you noted, big hits leading to fights. It's kind of the way the game is right now, and I don't have a huge problem with it. It's if a guy is saying no, and now we're into that, okay, or instigator or not. But, yeah, if one of your guys gets railroaded, as a teammate, you want to show you who's got his back, so you're like, hey, let's go. And some of the guys that throw the hits are like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I think Truba knows, like, it might suck, but he's he's ready to go. He's not shy about that either. Here's Andreas Englund, who leads the league in fights, Five on the year, one draw, two wins, two losses per you, the judges at hockeyfights.com. And again, it's a hit. And straight over. thing, you know. Drop the gloves first. So he was prepared. There's Louie. He's pretty. 
ticked off on what happened on the contact. They're going this angle, and he throws right hands hard. He he's not just throwing for show. Ooh, watch Sam him wind Carrick. it up a little bit. Yeah, at the end in here, a tough position, and helmets on or not, England is oh. not letting go. I bet you he was sore in the morning, man. I do not miss punching helmets as hard as he can. He's really starting to step up there, and and you know, you look at his fight card, and oh, he's won this many and lost that many. I don't look at that for a second. What if you're fighting guy out of your weight class every single night, mm-hmm. and and no, you're you're, tough, you, yeah. you're getting edged every night, and it looks like you're zero and four? I'd take that over some guy jumping, some guy that doesn't want to want to fight at all so take those rankings take those wins and losses with a grain of salt all i care about is a guy showing up and when someone's scrapping a guy who's you know technically tougher than him and doesn't get the edge that has just the same effect on the bench the boys are jacked they're hitting each other going did you fucking see what he just did it's the same effect as as anything else so take that with a grain of salt england at this juncture time of recording five fights leads the league uh the flyers have a couple near the top nick delore at four uh, the Jets, Brennan Dillon, we mentioned at four, and Jeremy Lausanne has four. He also scrapped in that game where we saw the McCarran-Gilbert head cradle from the official. He had a tilt with uh, big Nikita Zadorov, who's 6'6", 250. So I imagine giving up uh, some size on that one. Hats off to the Flyers, too. I mean, yes. they're showing that they can. Like, what do they got going on? They got a... Gloria, four scraps. Yeah. Hathaway three and all decisive victories. In fact, those guys are combined seven and oh in their seven fights per yeah. the judges at Hog Fights. And again, I'm not hung up on win loss. It just tells you they're good at it. Yeah. And then they've got Nick Sealer as well, who's got a pair of tilts as well. Like, I don't know if you line up three tough guys on every team that there's any teams comfy going into Philly right now. And having watched the Thanksgiving Friday game, which was full chaos with the Rangers. I feel like I got to get to Philly for a game because I've never been. And I don't know that something about those, like the weekend contest in the afternoon and that Thanksgiving Friday, particularly I'm like, this is phenomenal. Like we were, we were doing the show, the game had started and we're talking about scraps going on in the game. I'm like, that might be an underrated, like game of the year flyers versus I don't care who on Thanksgiving Friday. There's lots to prove there. They're a team that's, overperforming expectations right yeah. now. They're supposed to be this dumpster fire and they're kind of coming together. Playoff spot. You got John Tortorella, who's trying to prove he can coach this new generation of player. And, you know, after a rough start, he seems to be doing pretty good with it this year. And you got the Flyers proving that you can still have certain guys on on the ice that prove a role and have more than just one one dimensional guy. These guys can play, they can skate, they can serve their purpose, but they all understand, you know, how this game's going to be played on on this team while you're wearing this jersey and they're doing a damn good job at it. So, hats off to the Flyers. It's something in the NHL that I I hope becomes even more of a trend. So we saw the Hathaway fight earlier in the year against Cousins. And to add to that, we talked about the chaos of that fan base, that building, that market, which I want to ask you about. We talked about the Thanksgiving game. And in that game, it's Rangers, big rivalry. It's Garnet Hathaway, two scraps in a period. And so Garnet, another tough guy. I mean, I think we talk about like, man, it'd be cool to have a belt of like the toughest guy in the league. It's like, you got to let things play out. There's certainly some strong candidates at this point. I don't think there's much of a debate at all on who's the toughest team in the league. I, I think it's Philly right now by a mile. 100% and rightfully so. I mean, it's a good fit for him. It's a yes. good look with that classic jersey that never changes and the yeah. Broad Street Bullies back-to-back cups in the, the 70s. Fans, man. And the blue-collar city of Philly. They love it, so I love that it's still alive. I personally thought I would be the last tough guy or heavy 
that the Flyers ever had. Yeah. Because when I left the league, I left the Flyers. I was like, that's it. They're going to yank it out of the game. It's going to be so sad. My beloved sports going down the shitter as far as the things that I hold dear about it. And like we said earlier on in this season, there's a bit of a resurgence going on. And uh, leading the way is the Philadelphia Flyers. So I'd love to see that. You spent time in in your NHL career, Toronto and Philly. Very, very different markets. Two huge hockey fan bases. Toronto's the biggest hockey market in the world. But there might not be a better place to be a tough guy or more beloved place to be than Philly. It's a tough fan base. It's cheering when players break their legs. It's throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. It's booing anyone at any time that even if it's your team, if they're pissing you off, like what was your relationship like with the fans in Philly when you played there? Well, it was good. I mean, they, they go off when you play tough, when you play strong, they have the expectations that you better do that. They'll boo you if you don't. My first introduction to Philadelphia fans was playing against them. Yeah, it's rough. I think last week I talked about some guy, dumping popcorn on my head and calling me a cocksucker just because I'm standing out there to try to get on the ice. I was like, geez, what is this place? But if you step out of whatever building of whatever Philadelphia sports team, you can see every different arena or stadium of every, uh, all the big four sports teams that are in that place. And they're all right there. And the city just seems to come. It's just this massive parking lot. That's always full. Their tailgating doesn't, I, I don't think the Buffalo bills can touch them on it. I mean, yeah, they body slam a table now and then, but the Philadelphia sports fans tailgating is next to none. They have custom made motor homes. It doesn't matter if you got a million bucks or nothing, you scrap together what you got and come there with your face painted. They go bananas and it's a wicked, wicked sports town. I I loved playing there. That's cool. Yeah. And I think it's neat to see them back. It it didn't feel like the flyers when they didn't have a tough team No, And, and to do it while expectations were almost nothing and they're in a playoff spot. I mean, it'd be a fun time to be in that building right now. Oh, if I, I am fingers crossed they make the playoffs. Wouldn't it be fun? It would be amazing. I mean, maybe they, who would they face? You know, they could face a New York. Devils. Uh, who else in the, the Metro? Even if they get as a wild card, they could face the top seed in the Atlantic. But just get in, baby. Just get in. Historic battles with Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's got to pick up, pull go. up their socks if that's going to happen. But yeah, it's early. We're at quarter pole of the season. And I think we can get this belt out maybe around the Christmas time. Let's right. give these guys time to find their jam and then let's give out a belt and then see who holds on to it and see who comes for it. So it's Canadian Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, Christmas lights, belt. Yeah. That, that's our routine as we uh, continue season one of the Department of Discipline. That's it for me today, my man. You got anything else that's burning... Uh, Burning up your cell phone with people reaching out to talk about? We spread vicious rumors about Connor Bedard's mom. Oh, that's right. We talked about... Vicious rumors. We patted some referees on the head. We've we've covered the whole gamut this weekend. So uh, off to a good start. Looking forward to another week of, who knows, maybe some interesting breaking news. And maybe Maybe we'll... scraps. Maybe we'll break uh, break it down with some emergency pods this week. Love it. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, Tip of the cap to our sponsor, Crown Royal. It's the Department of Discipline here on the HockeyFights.com network. And a reminder, follow the YouTube page. You know where you get your podcasts. Check us out there as well. Appreciate you. Thank you. I'm going down to the garden with a couple of my buds. I'm going to sit up in the cheap seats. I want to see a little blood. I want to get my money's worth. Eat some dogs, drink some beers. When he allowed night at the referee, go on, you bum, get out of here. Wanna see a hockey fight? Little Donnie Brook, little Brew, ha ha. If our team should score tonight, we all can yell hurrah. 
Pariah. I didn't come to see Gretzky. I didn't come to see Lemieux. Any of those other pretty boys and all that fancy stuff to do. I came to see the Hanson brothers. Take on Dave the Hammer Schultz. Drop their glove, do the tango, and beat each other to a bloody pole. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.